Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Sapolsky. This is the first episode of Tomorrow, and Tomorrow is a brand new podcast. I did a podcast for many years with uh, a group of people, uh, with, with all sorts of people, and then I went offline on the podcast, in the podcast sense, for a while. I had a daughter named Zelda. Uh, I moved to a new house. I got a new job. A lot of things happened, but I, I, I felt this incredible urge and itch to speak, to speak to people and to have conversations and to talk about what is going on in the world and, and, and what is happening next in the world. And, and in some, sometimes, you know, actually to talk about what has happened previously and why it's important or significant or funny or weird uh, or interesting. And so that's what tomorrow is for. Tomorrow is a place where I can explore ideas. Tomorrow is a place where I can talk about maybe it's the news of the day, or maybe it's a conversation with somebody that I find fascinating, or maybe it's a bunch of people screaming over each other trying to get a point in. No, I mean, it's about technology. It's about culture, music, film, art, the weird corners of the internet that uh, are maybe not as explored as they should be. And probably some of this will be about me. A lot of it will be about me and my life, my upbringing, my hair, and other things. So that's sort of it. That's sort of what, what this, why I'm doing this. Today's episode is a very personal one and a very important one. Uh, I was racking my brain. I was trying to think of, of what could I do? What would be a good way to introduce people to who I am? And also people who know who I am, who've listened to me for a long time. What, what would they want to hear? Who would they want to hear from? And who's, you know, who, who would really be interesting and, and have a great conversation with me? And so, of course, I thought of Tom Cruise because he's amazing. But I didn't get Tom Cruise because he would uh, not return any of my emails or many, many phone calls. Uh, but I did actually get some, I think, in fact, something better, somebody better than Tom Cruise. Paul Miller is joining me today on the show. And as some of you may know, Paul and I um, worked together for many years. We, he was one of the founding uh, editorial Edit, sorry, one of the founding editors of The Verge, and uh, and we have a long and very strange history together, and we haven't talked to each other in in a, in a long time, in 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 years, in, yeah, maybe in years, and we're going to catch up with each other and find out what our lives are like uh, now, post Verge and post uh, post lots of big life changes. But before that, uh, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. This episode of Tomorrow is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code Joshua at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Some of you may know who Paul Miller is, and some of you may not know who Paul Miller is. I will give you the brief, if you've never heard of Paul Miller, and you've never read anything that Paul Miller wrote, and you don't know any of his weird story, I'm just going to give you the, the, the biggest, most interesting thing that you probably need to know about him, and then we're gonna, he and I are going to talk. Paul, in, in May of 2012, left the internet completely for a year as part of a, a project that he wanted to do for writing for, for my website, The Verge, our website. He completely disconnected from the internet. No online games, no text messages, no really like internet, no digital internet communication whatsoever. And he did it for a year straight. And I'm going to talk to him about the reasons he did it, but that's the first thing you should know. 
And I don't, I don't know of anybody who's done it and done it to that extreme. Anyhow, he's sitting here, so I don't know why I just, I just intro him. Paul, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Josh. Thank you for joining me on tomorrow. What's funny about this tomorrow episode is that we're actually going to talk about yesterday. <laughs> That's not, that was not planned. Can I, just, can I actually say something before we get started? Yeah, please. I'm feeling stressed out right now because um, I spent a lot of time this morning doing my hair. I finally figured out how to use a blow dryer, which was an amazing oh, discovery man. for me. And now I can get my hair to look really good, but it can't be touched by anyone or anything. Yeah. And there's a he- there right now there are headphones resting on it. And it's just ruining. It's creasing. It's creating like a crease across the top, I imagine, right. across the top of my head. So it's very stressful for me. So if you see me sweating or crying during this <laughs> interview, you'll know why. Yeah. Anyhow, Paul, thank you for being here. You, I, you got on a plane. I, I, got, I got you a plane ticket. Yeah. And you flew from I Washington. Really, really appreciate it. You flew, I appreciate it because there's almost nobody who would do such an insane thing. because I have nothing going you have on. Nothing going on. We're going to get to that. You flew on a plane um, last night. You took a red eye. Uh-huh. You're here today. You no longer work at The Verge. Correct. Which is a, if you don't know, is an internet website about technology and culture. I no longer work at The Verge. And you, you lived in New York City. You moved out of New York City. Tell me what you do. Tell me what's going on with you. I don't know at all. I mean, yeah. I actually don't know the answer. What are you doing right now? What is your life like? I am a freelance writer. I do content marketing is the technical term where I get paid to write for a company blog. The company's called Karma. Makes like a mobile internet hotspot. I got like, a, like an LTE hotspot? Yeah, like a MiFi. But it's like a special, special, it's, special MiFi. Because it's called Karma. It's called Karma. All right. And you can share internet and stuff. Just, it feels like a plug. Yeah. Okay. Please buy. Is it you Please fly here just Karma. to do content marketing? <laughs> All right. So you, you're, you're a content marketer. Yeah. And so I, uh, but I, I was working for them full time and I uh, slept in a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound familiar to me. Have you ever heard this story? Um, to people who don't know this, Paul, uh, you know, Paul worked for me for a long time and with me. And uh, he, I, on a regular basis, would call him in the morning multiple times. Yeah. Also known as war dialing to wake him is up. Is that what you call it? It's war dialing. Oh. Well, it's, it's actually not what war dialing is. War dialing is uh, an old term for when you would select a, a batch of phone, possible phone number combinations and you would, when you had a modem and you would dial down the line until you found modems. Because oh. I knew war driving with, with Wi-Fi. I don't know what that is. It's where you try to find an open Wi-Fi. Similar system. idea. Yeah, okay. Similar idea. So anyways, I, um, I lost my full-time position at Karma. Okay. But I, I freelance for them. Right. And I live with my parents in Washington State. And um, we do a lot of bluegrass. You play bluegrass. We play bluegrass. My parents are big in the bluegrass scene. Um, They're actually big in the bluegrass scene? Like if I went to a bluegrass like convention? In the lo- no, like the local area. My dad is like the president of the bluegrass club that puts on a local bluegrass festival. So he's like a... Uh, a bluegrass concert organizer. Yeah. Okay. So you live in, in Washington. Where in Washington? Eastern Washington. East. You don't want to say specifically where. The Tri Cities. Kinnewick, Tri- Washington. I don't know. What any, I don't know where that is. And I'm not even sure that you're. You know, maybe making it's a that desert. Up. There's a river. But so you moved from New York. So a, a year ago, how? When did you move? A month ago. I'm, I moved to Washington a month ago. Oh, recently. Yeah. I didn't know that because we haven't really been in touch. We haven't. We've fallen touch. out of touch. Because you've moved to another job in another place. I moved to, I had a baby. I moved to. I didn't even know you moved. I just found that out. I moved to the suburbs. So we're both 
We're both out in the country. It's suburban. We're people. both country living into country living. So. And also, I think square. we're exactly the same in many other ways. <laughs> but but okay, so let's back up here a little bit. You left the internet in May of 2012. Right. This is the thing. This was like a huge thing. So I don't know. I, some of you know this, of course, but some of you don't. This was a big deal. You left the internet, and then people like CNN and ABC and people like they wanted to talk to this crazy man in 2012 who had left the internet. We actually thought this would be a cool experiment, but I don't think anybody was like, people are going to freak out about this and right. think it's really important because it was really a personal thing. I mean, why did you want to leave the internet in the first place? I think it's kind of almost the same reason I just moved to Washington. Like I was actually thinking about moving home with my parents to like be able to not work and like read and like study on my own, um, maybe write a book or something like that. And I just figured the internet was taking up all my time. So if I quit the internet too, I'd have this unlimited free time. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the idea of that. That was the goals: unlimited free time. I mean, we were still paying you at the time. You were still well. That, and that, that, was, that was a crazy thing, as I told you. Yep. I was going to quit the Verge. That's right. And you thought maybe it was something I could do for the Verge. Yeah. And Is that how? I don't remember who had the idea originally, but because I told you, I thought maybe I'd write a book about it or something like that. Yeah. And then you set me up with a book publisher or not a book publisher, like an, an agent. agent. Yeah. And I talked to them, and they said, "Well, you should write about it for the Verge." Right. And so then I brought that idea back to you, and we thought that was a great idea. Crazily enough, and you wrote some amazing, very weird things. Yeah, I don't think I was that productive during that year, but I'm really, really proud. Of, like, I, 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 you were not that productive. I can tell. I you. was not that productive. But I can I tell you, there were a lot of people, wrote some myself really included, beautiful, saying, insightful. Well, he doesn't have anything else to do. Deep, <laughs> touching pieces. But what happened was well, this is what the weird thing. You thought that like you, you had, you felt like you had issues. The internet was a distraction. And right. I think this is actually. I don't want to be a nerd and bring this back to what's going on in the world today, but I think that when you look at the Apple Watch and and Google Glass, things like Google Glass and all the stuff people are talking about, which is in the in, you know, distraction, everybody's talking about being distracted by their devices and mm-hmm. trying to make things that will make you less distracted and make you more in the moment. But your complaint was actually, uh, I don't, I feel like I'm distracted by all this. I'm my attention is drawn in you know a million different ways. I can't focus. I can't. I'm not learning. I'm not deeply thinking about things. And you thought that the solve for that was to get rid of the internet. Right. Like clear it out and that will fix this problem of distraction that you had. I hoped it would do something like that. And in some ways it really did. Uh, and in a, I mean, the real, in a nutshell, I did get this longer attention span. I was able to think about kind of deeper ideas. I was kind of in the moment. At the same time, I just basically became ostracized from civilization. You would say, you don't think you were a part of society, and I don't feel like I've found society since then. You think that you're still not a part? I of feel society. like I like I like I kind of fell out of sync, and I like like forgot kind of how to keep in touch with people, and now I don't really keep in touch with anybody. It's really sad. I don't. Have, it is like, depressing. I don't like have. I well, like, how does that make you feel? Well. It was kind of, you know, it's kind of nice that I moved back to Washington because at least I, I see my parents all the time. I hang out with my little brother. We're playing um, through the Lego Lord of the Rings game on okay. his Wii. Okay. Um, and we go to the Bluegrass Jams. Right. You play. I play the uke, uke bass. Yeah. You, what is that? A ukulele bass. It's a ukulele bass. Okay. This is so strange. Um, do, you, do you think this is very strange? Because you I were... feel like it is really strange, but it's like I... I've, 
what was I came back to the internet in March or May 2013 or something. Yeah, May 12, 2013. I actually was just reading the, the story. And I, a little rewind, after I came back from the internet, I worked for The Verge for a little while. I wasn't going great. Um, <laughs> and because uh, it was just really overwhelming and it was a lot of work. Um, and well, The so, Verge was a very different place when you came back. I mean, we had just really gotten started when you left. Right. We launched in November of two, 2011. Right. Uh, and, and when you came back, we had the staff had doubled, and there were all and sorts of new people. And If we could talk just a little bit less about me, and may, maybe this can touch on something you're doing. Talk about whatever you want. When I came back, and especially because I'd spent this time with like these big ideas and these big books that I really respected, like The Odyssey and like Plato and stuff like that. That's not one book. It's a series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had this I had this kind of really high-minded thought of what journalism could be or should be and I really felt like what I was capable of writing wasn't quite journalism. And I'm really enjoy and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at like a personal experience essay, but I really wanted there to be journalism and I was trying to do journalism and I was really bad. At and it. we and we had I think uh we had gotten to a place where we were much more journalistically minded mm. um, than when we, even when we started. I think we were chasing big, you know, kind of messy stories. Yeah, and journalism. There's a real burden, and I, and I felt like this. Even I, I did some longer form pieces. I while I was off the internet, I wrote uh, something about this big robotics thing in Mexico City. I also did this big piece on Photoshop. And so I'd interview these people and I'd become very emotionally attached to trying to tell their story the way they wanted it said. And I felt like I could never do justice to it, especially if I was trying to be this fair and balanced. And then if I was trying to do it under, you know, 5,000 words, um, I feel like I couldn't really get. So when I write a personal essay, I feel like, well, whatever ends up there, it's like, well, I put it there. So it's fair. Um, but when I'm writing about somebody else, I've, I ha really feel this burden to try to be fair and to really tell their story. And I, I couldn't quite do that. And so it's also bad for journalism. What? Well, I mean, because I mean, yes, you want to be fair, but also the stories you get when you're working on a story are all often differ in that one person says one thing and well, one person right. says it was another way. And, and that, I, I hated that tension of feeling like, well, I know the truth or what I think is the truth. It's not what this person said. And when I published this piece, I'm publicly going against. So I don't. Anyways, I feel like there's this Shaming huge them. burden. Yeah, this huge burden on journalism and journalists, and uh, it's a really hard thing to do. And I didn't feel like I could do it. I feel like a lot of people suck at it. <laughs> but I think but that's I, true. A lot I, of people I, do suck I, at it. I especially didn't really feel like I could do it. So right, and you left The Verge, and I went to Colorado to help my uh, sister-in-law with the kids while my brother was deployed. Right, at the Air Force um, in Qatar. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that detail, because it's cool. But I do. It's cool to say. It's it is cool to say. Um, but that and that was cool because it was like a different, like I had a different perspective on life, and so like I could do something that it wasn't about my career, it wasn't it wasn't really a smart idea, <laughs> but it was like the right thing and good for my family, and so I was able to do that. And I I, I really like that perspective, but that even put me even further out of touch and out of sync with like my New York type of the scene. You know? Right. To me, you started to, I mean, you disappeared when you went off of the internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, for all intents and purposes, for as far as I was concerned, you know, I, I only saw you once in a while. You didn't come into the office that much. I think this is the strange thing. I don't think you can, I think you have to disappear if 
you leave the internet. I think mm-hmm. if you're not on the internet, I don't think there's. I don't think you can be part of. I think you're right about society. Is that it's all it's there now. Yeah, and how do you reappear? Right. Well, you reappeared in a in a really interesting way. I mean, in my like. So if you go back, there's a piece that that Paul wrote. It's called "I'm Still Here," and it's about. And there's a beautiful video that goes along with it, which is actually very depressing and very sad. Like when I watch it, I. I got choked up. I cried a little bit when I watched the video because it made me feel like that your experience was really bad. I mean, in many ways that you, that the, or at least the experience of coming back, you didn't fix the thing you thought you'd fix. Right. And, and you felt in some ways disconnected in a whole different way than not being on the internet, Hmm. you know? Um, And it's a beautiful piece and people should read it. But, but, but so, do you think this was a natural that you were always going to end up moving? I mean, you're how old are you now? You're 29. Mm-hmm. Did you think that you were always going to move back in with your parents at some point, or does it seem like I think so? <laughs> that's what it I feels mean. That's like. not your destiny, though, is it? No, I don't know. I just feel like I'm really bad at life, and quitting it, quitting the internet was amazing, awesome, crazy thing that I got to do, and I got a lot. I got a great 15 minutes out of it, and some interesting perspective. Uh, but it didn't fix my life, and I'm still really bad at life. And so, hopefully, someday I could get better at life. But I haven't figured that out yet. Okay, so there's some there's some other things I want to talk about. I want actually want to I want to take a break, quick break, okay. for an advertisement. I want to talk about us, Josh. I want to talk about us too. That's actually what I want to get into because there are other things about you that are you and I are two of the most opposite people in the world. I mm-hmm. think on almost every major social issue of our day. Mm-hmm. It's true. And and in terms of many other things. Anyhow, I don't want to give it away, but I want to talk a little bit about that and just talk about life as it is right now. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Let me introduce you to our sponsor, Zero. That's X-E-R-O. Zero is beautiful accounting software, which is great because, you know, accounting software is typically disgusting. Uh, and it's built to help small businesses be more productive and successful. Zero is easy to use. You can send invoices, online quotes to your customers, pay your employees, manage your cash flow, expenses, and even your inventory with Zero. It's in the cloud, so you can access and manage all of your business accounting on the go. And it does what desktop software does and more. Plus, you can use it anywhere at any time, even from a mobile device. For example, if you're working and traveling, you can send invoices easily on the go, and clients can pay online instantly. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcast. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcast. X-E-R-O, Zero is beautiful accounting software built to help small businesses be more productive and successful. We're back. I'm speaking to Paul Miller, uh, my old friend, old coworker, and a human being above all. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. You are human. I hope. <laughs> I've made a wow. lot of, I've I've made a lot of decisions yeah. and assumptions based on that yeah, concept. That you, that you are human. And if I think I've gone really wrong <laughs> if I'm so not. You're actually a dog, turns out. So I, I alluded to this before the break. Paul and I are, uh, we have actually been, I think, very close. I mean, I'm actually close. I mean, we obviously have not been close for, for a while now because 
we don't work together and mm. I'm I'm a lazy friend. Right. If I unless I am I'm a lazy friend too. Unless I work with you or I you are I employed by me. Or you have to call me to wake me up. Or I have to call you to wake you up every morning, then we're just probably not gonna see each other that much. I don't leave the house, especially now that I live in the suburbs, um, where it is blissfully quiet and devoid of people. Can I tell my, people my formative memory about you? Yeah. And this will, I think my a good segue to I have how no we idea what this about is. everything. I think well, so you walked into I was in AOL yeah. at AOL. Paul and I met each other. Office. Paul and I should we should say Paul and I met each other. We both worked. I went to work. He was working at AOL at a site called Engadget, which was a tech blog. And I went. I started freelance writing there, and eventually took a full time job. You there. were there for an interview with these cool mirror shades, and I was like, "Who's this cool person?" And apparently, I, I, you thought I was just really rude. Yes. I was just so distracted. I don't remember. You were blogging. You were busy blogging. I was blogging so hard. You were like, please don't talk to me. I'm writing a, a, a but, there's a, 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 you were probably writing like about a router. Yeah. Or, or, or what are the kinds of things like we a, used, we used to cover? Like a, MP3 player. Like an MP3, a PMP, which P- was a personal, oh, yeah. personal media player, which yeah. sometimes also So it's had, like an MP3 player that could play video on a bad yeah, car. Yeah. Yeah. We used to call, right, anyhow, you were furiously blogging and, and then, but like, I don't know, just a few months after you started we went to IFA together. We went to IFA. IFA, if you don't know, is a large technology trade show in Germany, in Berlin. So this was the the, the hardcore gadget blogging days where you'd yeah. storm the show floor yeah. and you'd find the gadgets. And it was just you and it was just the two of us. Yeah. And I think we found a Samsung PMP <laughs> and we were going to do a video about it because it was so cool. It was such a good PMP. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I remember this. <laughs> and you were super camera shy. I was which camera- I think is funny because I think you love- Love being on camera. Now. I love when the camera's on me. No, I don't know. I, here's the thing about that. I don't. I don't want to. You know, I want to talk about you, but we should. We'll just talk. I. I. I like being on camera. Um, when it's happening, uh-huh. everything leading up to it. Like when I go on on, on the Tonight Show. Okay. Um, I'm always it, backstage thinking, why am I do like why am I doing this? This is going to turn out badly. Do you this get like, is- like butterfly like performance? I get, yeah, I get. I do. I have less and less now that I've done it a bunch. But then I go out and I go into like autopilot. Okay. I just don't even think. I'm not even thinking. Right. Like when you're, when I'm, if you clearly. ever, if, no, clearly, if you ever watch those and I say something that sounds completely like off color and terrible, right. it's because my brain isn't on. It's because it's, it's autopilot. It's actually something I've always uh, envied you, like because we've done these podcasts for a long time. We did the Engadget podcast, yes. and then this is my next podcast, yes. and the Verge podcast. Yes, we did a lot of podcasts. Engadget show and the yeah, Verge on the Verge, lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, I have to. I'm not trying to criticize you, Josh. That's uh, fine. I have to think. I have to, I have to almost write a whole sentence in my head before I can start saying a whole sentence. Yes, I think you're able to start talking before you come up with the whole sentence. That you're correct about, and that's why that's you're the host, Josh, and I'm the guest. That's you're damn right, and don't forget it. And the other thing I remember, you're is, in the you're in the guest seat, is as at some terrible restaurant in Germany, debating with you whether there was a historical Moses. And that's what, what I was think. was my argument, that there was no Moses? I think you didn't think that there's a, really a Moses. I think I was leaving a... open the possibility that, that Moses was a creation of many authors. Okay. But. Like Shakespeare. But I remember, what I remember, and we're going to get into this. So here's, let me just say some things about you because people don't know. Okay. You're an evangelical, born-again Christian. Yes. Is that correct? Yep. You are, in terms of politics, you're extremely, would you say right-wing? I prefer conservative. Conservative. But you're at the extreme end of of conservative thought, would you say? Relatively, yes. Right? Uh, I mean you don't I mean you're not racist or anything. No. But but like we would disagree on very fundamental we disagree on fundamental things. Yes. Like things that I believe are 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 absolutely if I met you 
and we disagreed on them. This is our first conversation. Mm-hmm. We would, you and I would never speak again. Right. But I, but, but also, so also, and I don't know, I'm going to talk about this and you tell me if I've gone too far. Okay. When I met you, you were, how old were you? Tw- I don't know. 20, you were young. Over 20. 20 X, but very young. Yes. Because you started working in the engagement when you were 18 or something, right? Or, or 19? 19. It was yeah. before I could drink. So, yeah. so you were like 22 when maybe when I probably, met you. And I, I'm bad at math. So you were a virgin. Mm-hmm. Are you still a virgin? Yeah. Okay, because of your religious beliefs. Yes. You'd also never kissed a girl. No. You had really? ki- Yeah, I think when we met, you had never kissed a girl. Oh. Have you kissed a girl? Yes. Okay. So now you're 29 now. Uh huh. Okay. So, but we started talking about, and this is the kind of thing I think this is maybe why we became friends and close because you were very open about talking about things that normal normally people would be uncomfortable about and i am very open about asking people things <laughs> that they are uncomfortable about right and we started talking about masturbation because i was trying to figure out if if that was okay okay if that was like part of you know because you're not having sex but you're a man right a human as True. we human as we think as, as we, we believe as... and so we started i remember we had a very candid conversation about masturbation about whether you did it or not. Right. Oh, we were also, I should say, we were sharing a hotel room. Remember, we had to well, share a hotel room. Well, this was the Eva trip. Yeah, the Eva trip. Okay. I'm getting back to the Eva trip. Okay, okay, yeah. I think one, that was where we- I didn't remember talking, but yeah, so this is very early. We bonded on that trip. In Bur- <laughs> over masturbation. Two, we bonded over <laughs> masturbation. No, but we were sharing a room. We were, we were, it was just you and me against the world at this thing. Uh-huh. And, and we talked about a lot of really deep stuff. Yeah. Like- the biblical Moses the biblical over Mo- dinner. Right. I think we had went to a restaurant. I had borscht. Probably. I think we both had borscht. <laughs> uh, and we also talked about we talked extensively about masturbation about, as to whether or not you did it. Right. Which you at the time did. Right. And you still do. Right. I mean, I don't know. That was actually a big topic when you came back. Well, that's actually you wrote about that when you were off the internet. I did about how difficult it was. That was that's a okay. That's a hard. I think, it's just too personal. I'm better at talking about it. Um, on the page no that was really it was harder to write than it is to talk about out loud yeah still pretty hard to talk about out loud well it's very uncomfortable i can't believe we're talking about it frankly a little background on that yeah before i published that and by the way my parents are definitely listening to this podcast right now great hi i published that hi guys i had to tell my parents about it yeah before they know about your so they know now well i think they uh, must since i published it but um they didn't know about like that side of me. They didn't know you had a and sexual side. it was like side. really hard on them. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, of course. Not, but they must have, it, but wasn't, they... it wasn't about masturbation. As it was about porn. And that's really what the article was more about too. Right. But your explanation for it was really interesting to me because I don't know, I didn't really know that much about Christianity. I still don't, frankly. Um, I know right. Jesus is involved. That's true. Uh, and the New Testament is yeah. a big, big in, in Christianity. Um uh, but you were saying you were saying, had this 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 the the system of sin the sin system, where we've all sinned, right? Right. And so, like, you get some leeway on sinning, which would you consider masturbation sinning? Uh, that, not necessarily. Really, that's hard to. Interesting. The 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 sin would be like lust after somebody who's not your wife. Checking out the porn. Yeah. Is the sin. That's the sin. But what if you don't have a wife? Still, you, you, Fair she, game. She, she's, no, she's not your wife. If you don't, if you don't have a wife, then no there wife. Is, there is no wife. That's what so I'm saying. There's you, no wife. So it's it's all lust. What's the sin? I don't get it. Oh, the lust. Right. All right. I see. 
But lust for but the yeah, wife, but, no but, problem. But the idea of Christianity, just for, for, for those who don't know. Yeah, for the uninitiated. uninitiated. Is that everybody's sinful. Right. And everybody sins. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus died. Yeah. To cover sin as like a sacrifice. Right, I see. He's like, I'll take the bullet. Yes. Right. And so then if you trust in Jesus to cover your sin, yeah. you are covered. You're going to hell. And then the plan is, and so that's when you're justified. It seems complicated. Right. That's right? when you're justified. And then there's this process called sanctification where oh, you man. try to get better while you're still on the earth. And then you're perfected, which is called glorified. Yeah. When you go to heaven. I feel like L. Ron Hubbard ripped a lot of this off for Scientology. Am I crazy? I don't think so. Did you watch that documentary? Which, which Going one? Clear? No. Do you have HBO in Washington? No, I don't have HBO. There's no HBO there? I, we, we, we have a... My dad actually put a TV tuner on the roof. Oh, really? It's like great quality. It's, you, you, you know get, like when you and, get like cable or like especially satellite TV yeah. and you see the bit rate? Like, yeah, like it's, it's artifact. Over the air... HDTV is so beautiful. This is great. Almost I think this, as, almost good as Blu-ray. It feels like we're going back into a more traditional kind of podcast yeah. for us, which is just talking about technology. That's right. So anyhow, so we're very different people, but we've got a background together, uh, and we had, you know, we we had somehow found some common ground mm-hmm. because there are other things that we like music. Right. I feel like was a common ground for us that you're very into music. Yeah. Or at least you were. I was. Are you still into music? I haven't done a lot of music. You know, I, I, I played you some of the songs I was working on. Like one of the last times I hung out at your house, yeah, I played you some of the music. Do you remember what you said? <sighs> it's, this is going to be horrible, isn't it? it I, said really, something, I said something horrible. It was really horrible, but it was really great. What was it? You thought I, was, I had like an affectation to my voice. I was like affecting some sort of like Bruce Springsteen type of thing. And yes. it wasn't natural. Yes. And so it was hurtful when you said it. Yeah. But it, was, it really helped me grow. Really? And so I actually really like my voice now because I did, I put you less, dialed back the yeah, affect. I, I dialed back the affect. And well, I found my and I found my true voice. What can I say? I have an amazing knack for um, giving great feedback to great artists. Like, here's a segue. Yeah. What do you do at Bloomberg? <laughs> what do I do? Oh, you want to know what I do? All right, I'm going to tell you what I do at Bloomberg. We're going to take a break. I'm going to. Uh, talk about it i'm going to talk about a uh, an advertiser a sponsor okay. and then we're going to come back and i'm going to give you the answers that you want and i think that everybody wants in the world <laughs> who's listening to this <laughs> paul have you ever used squarespace i have what did, what did you do with Squarespace? my uh, sister and her friends started a m- online magazine for young, well-educated Christian women, really, and they designed it in Squarespace. And I, you helped them. I, I helped her a little bit, but I, she did most of it herself. When it comes to to creating a website, I'm absolutely. You know, the thing is, I understand the web very well. I know nothing about actually creating the things that go on the web, um, which I which is why I think Squarespace is kind of an amazing product. It's simple. It's powerful. It's beautiful. They have twenty four seven support via live chat and email, and it's eight bucks a month. And you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year, uh, which I think is terrific. You know, resp- it's responsive design, something that I think is incredibly crucial in our current age of having multiple screen sizes and multiple ways of, of getting content. And you can try it right now. If you're listening to this, you can start right this second. Uh, you don't need a credit card, and you can start building your website today. Just sign up at squarespace.com, use the offer code Joshua, and get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, to show support for the podcast and, uh, and you know, to make something beautiful on the internet. 
So uh, thank you, Squarespace, for your support of tomorrow. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay, we're back. And I'm going to answer the question you you had to listen to that sponsor message. You listen to the whole thing because you're just like, what is, does he do? I'm gonna, finally going to find out. So I'm the, uh, I'm the editor of Bloomberg Digital and the um, chief digital content officer of Bloomberg Media. What it, what it really means is I'm making I'm doing, the, I'm doing like the web news on the web for Bloomberg. I'm editorially overseeing it. I'm building, helping to build brands there within the news organization. I'm helping to get people more web centric and thinking about the web and to make products that are appropriately uh, uh, modern for the modern web. And also content, right? I hate the word content, by the way. Yeah. It's one of my all-time least favorite words. But to make stories and and experiences that are that are the kind of thing that that if you're a reader in you're on the internet, you would actually want to see versus just like what people have done for a very long time. So I'm, I love the design direction, of Bloomberg. I'm right. sure it's all your all you. all all credit to Josh Topolsky. Thank you. It's really cool, and it's I, I won't even call it web web native as much as it's just forward thinking. It's just weird and different. It's really yes, cool. it's very weird. So what is the process? How does that? How, how does the process? Are of, you like an editor in chief? Um, there is just there's a, a lot of different. There's things. an editor in chief of Bloomberg News that oversees all of the editorial for. It's weird because there's, I mean, in a way you can consider me sort of a deputy to that editor-in-chief. There's also Josh Tierengel, who was the editor of Business Week and still is, mm. but is also sort of overseeing a lot of the content at all of Bloomberg. Because, they, you know, Bloomberg has a huge news team, like 2,500 journalists around the world. Seriously? Yes. People don't, this is the one of the things, the reason I went to Bloomberg is because I didn't realize, I knew Business Week, which I love as a magazine. And in fact, right. when people would talk about, well, who do you think The Verge competes with or who's somebody that you think is doing a great job in this space? You know, mm -hmm. well, Not in everywhere, not in, I'm sorry, not in every department, but Business Week was always the thing I would say. Mm -hmm. you know. But, but the idea that you could take the aesthetic and the humor and the smartness of something like Business Week and apply it to a much broader range of news, obviously a lot of it is focused on business readers and business consumers, but a lot of the stories are, they're good for business people and they're also great stories for the world. Mm. Like we did a story uh, recently on the, the guy who started, what is the game called? Uh, game of War. Mm. which is the, they have the Kate Upton ad during the Super Bowl. It's this online game, you know, role-playing game that's just raking in money, right. which is a great story. So, but the idea is you could take all these resources, all these great resources, and they, and they are making news for the terminal. You know what the terminal is. I've heard of it. Right. So the terminal is, has 330,000 customers. They pay $24,000 a year for a terminal. It's this huge vault of information. It has every possible metric, every data point on commodities and on industries. And I mean, it's insane. Right, very difficult to use, very complicated to use. Really meant for bankers and traders and people who are dealing with, who have to actually deal with moving that stuff around. Masters of the universe. When you publish to that, are you publishing like plain text to it? Um, largely, it's largely plain text. There are links and there are photos and video and things, but it's it's it's, it's not these. Fancy it's not like the web. It's not like the web. Okay. But but the idea that there are you know look we have people in Iran. There's people in Korea. There's people in Mumbai. You know all over the world, and we have teams of reporters and teams of journalists working on doing really important stories. You know they they are business stories often, but sometimes they're big, just big world geopolitical stories, stories about conflict. Um, um, we do a lot of stories, personal, very personal, small stories too. Anyhow, the idea that you could unlock that and make it show it to people on the web and make it part of their daily news habit sort of one of the things that attracted me to the 
to the business. Um, so what I do there is a lot like what I did at The Verge, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's broader. I mean, there's more topics. There are more teams. There are way more people. And, and I'm working much more collaboratively with lots of other editors from other areas of the of the news business. How's this that? is a very How's boring. That for you? I feel like this sounds very boring on paper. Okay, well, here, let me say something that yeah. might be um, offensive. Offensive. Sure. Sometimes you don't get along very well with with authority. Authority figures. Um, how's how's it being part of a part of a corporation? I think you're right about the authority thing. I think it is not nearly as insane as I thought it would be and horrible. Mm. I mean, I did think if there's going to be one part of this that's horrible, it's going to be all of this corporate stuff and all of these people who are my boss. You know, there's a lot of people there who are effectively my boss. Mike Bloomberg is one of them, and he's a person that every once in a while I'll see and talk to, and mm. he has opinions about what we're doing, and so it's kind of, an, you know, kind of an insane situation. It's actually been, it's been awesome. I mean, here's the thing. There's a difference. I think it's hard. Trouble with authority is it's tough when they don't value your opinion and don't understand what you do. Mm. I think that there's a tremendous, I feel that my opinion is tremendously valued and that they understand what I do. And that's the difference between, I think if you look back at AOL, mm. I think our biggest frustration there. They and I think, listening. I think the frustration of many people who, who, who are kind of bucking against authority is that y- you're not listened to right. and that you're not understood. And I don't feel that way. There are other things that are frustrating because it's a huge corporation. Like the security is very high there. You know, you could have a card to swipe in and they have, you know, if you Pat down. if you forward something to your Gmail account, you, once in a while you'll get somebody from security saying, we noticed you forwarded something to a Gmail account. What's up with that? Um, but other than that, it's actually kind of awesome. And, I actually really, weird. really learned that like, because we would disagree about a lot of things. Many things. I loved disagreeing with you because I, I you wouldn't pretend like you heard what I was saying. But you did hear what I was saying, and it would factor into your decision-making process at some point. Yes. But, but at the same time, having authority like you was a buffer for I could have a crazy idea, and I knew you'd say no if it was really a bad idea. Right. But you'd hear it if it was a good one. I, I'm open to all any and all ideas. I mean, I, I think I – think, I mean, I don't know everything. I don't know anything, really. What do I know? No. You don't know what I know, but I will tell you that I don't know that much. You don't know a lot about Moses. I don't know <laughs> I don't know much about the historical Moses. I know a lot about the character in the Bible. The and, Charlton, and Charlton also Heston. the character played by one of my favorite actors, Charlton Heston, and uh, reprised by one of my least favorite actors, Russell Crowe. Did he play Moses in that movie? Is that movie about no, Moses? It was Christian Bale. Oh, is that Christian Bale? No, no, Ru- no, no, no. Russell Crowe's in Gladiator. No, no. Russell Crowe's also in a movie about Moses, isn't he? They just made it. It's about the Ark. Am I making this up? Ridley Scott just did a Moses movie. No, there. Yes, no. That was yes with Christian Bale. Right, but isn't there a Russell Crowe movie? Does Moses have the Ark? Oh no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Noah. I'm thinking of Noah. Noah. Russell Crowe plays Noah. Moses gets the Ark of right. the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. That's where I got Was confused. That, right. No, I Noah is the dude with all the animals the in the Ark. Right. <laughs> Russell Crowe plays Noah. Did you see that movie? I no, really I don't. I don't watch any of those. I don't watch any biblical epics, right? Because uh, uh, if I want to, because you're a strict textualist, if I want to read a great story, I'll open, crack open my copy of the Old Testament and right. take it for a spin, as I'm wont to do. <laughs> Anyhow, that was that made no. I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. What were we talking about just before we started talking about Russell Crowe? Authority figures, authority <laughs> figures like God. Um, anyhow, so I yeah. So it's it's been great. I the authority figures are, are are not an issue for me. I'm glad you like it. So 
Are you doing any writing? I'm doing a little bit of writing. I'm doing, you know, the Apple Watch review I've just written. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, we don't do a number. We don't do a number. We don't do dollars. We don't do a number scoring system. Sure. Um, but it would be a 10. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Apple. Uh, you know, occasionally, not really. I mean, I don't get a chance to write. I mean, I, I always think I want to write about things. Right. Like, I want to write about a, a, a movie that I love. But that's actually one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because I need an outlet for the weirdness, the weird things mm. that I think and and like and the people that I think are interesting. And I don't have – that's a thing that is not, I think, part of my day now, mm. the way it was at The Verge. Yeah. Where where I would oh I love this movie Life Force let's write an article about it but but that actually has been a tremendous I feel like a burden has been lifted from me in that at the verge everything was always now I'm just talking about myself everything was always about everything that I ever thought or liked or was interested in was suddenly like potentially fodder for an article right. or a, a story or some kind of like we should do a video on this or whatever and it was actually I realized after leaving. And doing this new job where I could compartmentalize like my job part and my life part that it was sort of unenjoyable at times that everything that I did, if I was watching Saturday Night Live. Got it, subsumed. It was, it was 12, 15 on a Saturday you know, night, uh, Sunday morning, and I would see a sketch mm -hmm. that I thought would be great for the site. And I'd immediately scramble online to say, somebody should hit this. Somebody should cover this. That's an insane. It's an insane way to live. Right. You right. I mean, I don't, I I have this burden. I feel like as a writer, or I think I've got these really great ideas. Really great at writing. You are great. At, anything, you are great at writing. Anything I think about that I don't ever write down and publish for people is almost like a wasted thought. And maybe that's not a healthy way to live. But I I feel like that a lot. Still. Right. Well, I have I have lists and lists of ideas, which I find I'm never going to do them. Right. I have all these ideas for TV shows. And short stories, things that I want to write about, and then I think about there are just things I'd like to write about. Right. Um, like I wrote something for The Verge about John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy. Do you remember that? It's about cosmic horror. Are you familiar with cosmic horror? No. Well, it's kind of the idea that uh, it's not exactly supernatural horror. It's horror about things that are of a nature unknown to us, which could appear supernatural. In fact, you may be interested in checking out his film Prince of Darkness. Okay. which is part of the Apocalypse Trilogy, which is about Satan returning to Earth to bring about the end of days. Huh. And I think if you haven't that seen it... That sounds like cosmic horror. It's cosmic, all right. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. All right, I'll watch that. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's also terrifying. Also, Alice Cooper's in it. And I, I know you love Alice <laughs> Cooper and, and his music. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I know about you... I remember, I think I the first... I could name uh, Alice Cooper... Uh, schools so, out. So, schools oh, out. Okay, yeah. You know that song, right? Yes, I've heard. Schools out for summer. <laughs> schools out. It's like forever. It's like if there's a Venn diagram of like me and Alice Cooper. Yeah, that's right in the middle. <laughs> schools out is schools right there. Out. Is it Magnus? Is it schools out? Is it? Do you know? Okay. And now people can't hear this, but there was a person named Magnus talked to me who's my producer. So we actually we're probably getting pretty close to the time that we have to wrap up. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know, I'll be honest with you, I've enjoyed this conversation immensely. And I think that we could have spent a lot more time talking. I've do so many things. And I don't know, and I what I really don't know is was this a success or not? Was this good or bad? What did you think about this conversation? Five stars. Really? <laughs> Out of how many stars? <laughs> that's that's the highest award it can yeah, be given. I just feel like we got a, we got a lot more to talk about. What have we not talked about? We should, should we hit some topics really quickly here. I spend all my time, most of my time, programming. 
What do you mean? Programming or just regular programming? Regular programming. <laughs> okay. What are you programming? Like nothing. Like I'm really bad at it and I'm always learning. Like you know, you know when- But what get, are, you, are with, you making an app? I want to make an app for my like little brother. He can't talk, and but he can write. And so I can make something, he can type something out and then would speak it out loud or that something. That app doesn't exist? There, there's this app called like Proloquo or something like that. And this is really common for like people with developmental disabilities. It's like $400. Hmm. So you just trying to get out of pay. So an app exists, you just don't want to pay for it. I think we bought it and like what is they like called? It or something like that. Proloquo. Pro, the people who make that Proloquo, if you have any decency at all, you will send Paul Miller a gift card for your app immediately. <laughs> if you're even if you even could be considered decent people. And if you don't, well who knows? Who knows? You're but, not going to get into heaven. But it's probably. just the broader topic is it, it's so it's really interesting to be able to make make stuff all right what else and to damn people randomly from the, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the other thing i do is gonna be damning people to hell on this podcast i'm so inspired by your religion you know what we didn't say is that because people people i think people who've heard me before know this so i didn't actually make this clear i'm an atheist right i don't believe in a god at you don't all. necessarily you think we're living in the matrix right i don't i would rule it out I think there's a pretty good argument you've always to be made. Argued I think very strongly from I'm not, that position. I'm not saying that's how we. That is our. But it does. Once you start to think about it, I actually. And we've said this before. But if you start to think that we do live in the matrix, it actually is a better argument for religion, because then the argument could be this matrix was programmed to the rules of Christianity. Therefore, mm-hmm. because if it's a simulation, they can make it do whatever the simulation they want the simulation to do. Right. They the the programmers, <laughs> the that, programmers. Made, that made our matrix civilization after a few red bulls all right what are what are some other hot topics we can speed through here at the end i just feel like i do a lot of stuff in my head that never gets out there like I, and i thought this here's your my, chance this was my chance do it i uh i i might write a book are you gonna write a book i've been, one of the things you were supposed to write a I've book i've been threatening to write a book forever the, here's a new idea though about the ethics of technology now that sounds like i would read it maybe or at very least a blurb about yeah. it would you read a blurb about the ethics of technology well if it's good it was a good blur. I think I might write something like because I'm really into philosophy, and I think we people don't people don't think much about philosophy. People just do, and they don't really reflect on what they do or how they live. I think that's true. I think it's becoming easier and easier with the rise of atheism. That's true. Will your and book, the Apple Watch? Will your book be religious? <laughs> I think it might be slightly religious. Don't do it. Make it non-religious. I think it's hard. It's, I think it's hard to to do a an a religious. Ethics. Th- ethics. I don't know. Depends on what you're really talking about. Okay. I think we've got to wrap up. I really appreciate you having me on, my, I, on the podcast. I'm glad. I'm hey, so Congratulations. Gl- Thank you. Tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad that you came and I'm so glad you did this. And now after this, we're probably going to talk more and all the stuff we're going to say so is going to be amazing yeah. and we're not going to capture it. That's it for this episode of tomorrow. We will be back Actually, we're going to be back on Monday, the 20th of April with our second episode and then uh, every following Monday until the sun burns out and all life on the earth freezes. And so that's a pretty, that's going to be a pretty grueling schedule for us. Paul, thank you for, thank you for joining me. And, uh, and thank you, the listener for, um, for hitting play and letting it play all the way to the end. Uh, and I have to say, I really appreciate the time and effort you've put into this and I wish all the best for you and your family even though we both know what's going to happen.
Thank you.